Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Vince, not here today, out being a great American. Doing what Vince does when he gets a day off. Chad Adams, your guest host, sitting in here today. Uh, pleased to be with you here from WBT and Word, WRD. Thanks for being a part of the broadcast today. And we're going to have a lot of fun, a lot going on. There's no doubt that we are in a, a bizarro time. There's, there's more information that I could possibly convey in six hours. I'm Chad Adams, your guest host. We're going to go through this. There's more, and it's happening in real time. There's so much going on right now that is absolutely unbelievable, uh, the amount of, of stuff that's happening. So we'll jump right on a couple of things and, and looking forward. And, and also, if you want to get on the conversation today, give us a call on the Ingalls Market Talk Line, 1-800-928-1110. 1-800-928-1110 to be a part of the program. You call whatever I'm talking about goes to the back of the line. Whatever you want to talk about moves to the front of the line, and we'll have that conversation. Anybody's welcome to call. Again, 1-800-928-1110. Of course, if you're really fascinated with what the host is saying, then you can continue to do that because we're going to cover a lot of information today. And, I, you know, a lot of times when you're covering a state or an area like Spartanburg, uh, Greenville, uh, Charlotte, there's, there's enough there that you could spend hours discussing it. I mean, there's so much going on, and you've got, you know, kind of this bifurcation between North and South Carolina. South Carolina, largely more right-leaning to totally uh, right-leaning relative to North Carolina, where we have this bifurcated system, where we have a governor that's a Democrat, a vice, uh, and then a lieutenant governor who's a Republican, a council of state that's split between Republicans and Democrats, a veto-proof Senate, and a majority, large majority Republican House. So it's, it's, it's an interesting place where no, nothing gets done rapidly. Nothing gets done rapidly in North Carolina. And, and yet at the national level, it's an absolute train wreck. An economy that was doing fine, a, a military that knew its purpose, a southern border that was protected, an economy that was just, like I say, clicking right along. And, and, and a projection of American strength in such a way that kind of the bad guys stayed in line. They, you know, and, and, and it's kind of the cowboy diplomacy of the Reagan era where some leaders weren't real sure what Trump would do as president. And that was a good reason to kind of not challenge the status quo, just kind of say, OK, we're going to kind of hang out. But as soon as it changed and you have a very weak projection of America's vision and strength, you have a very confused kind of they look at America and they saw the, the, all the protests last year, the BLM protest, they saw the derision. They saw the way the political left attacks the institutions in America daily. They didn't defend their own border. 
how things were kind of starting to fall apart here. We didn't want to be energy independent anymore. We kind of put restrictions on our ability to produce our own energy. And, and so abroad, and then the, the, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, we looked rather confused. We looked as a country very confused. The, the image we presented the world very confused. And so when you have a weak America and, and a Europe that always likes to meander through kind of policy, you know, and starts may restricting itself. So as America was becoming weaker in some ways, at least from, a, from an international standpoint, we're relying more on foreign energy. We're restricting our ability to produce. We have plenty of available energy, plenty of available oil. But the left had this, you know, hey, we're going to stop the pipelines. We're going to restrict leases and access to drilling more oil. Oil prices go through the roof. And then the left blames, has the audacity to blame the oil companies. I was seeing yesterday the Biden administration was trying to blame the oil companies for profiteering. Instead of accepting responsibility for them creating the problem, it's blame somebody else. It's like the kid who hits the kid and then the kid strikes back and then the parents only see the kid that strikes back and they blame that kid and the kid that hits you first that gets away with it. Kind of the mentality the Biden administration has. Nothing bad in the economy is their fault. So internationally, we projected a very confusing leadership paradigm. But we really did. If you if you even when 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 our folks met with when Blinken, which is an just an, a fascinating name. If you're a literature fan, you've got to look at Anthony Blinken and say, "What well, that's a fascinating name for a guy who's representing American foreign policy." And most of our foreign policies here at home, it's kind of weird. They're not hitting the planes and jumping all over the planet solving things. Biden getting over to the, the European theater of operations this long into it after Kamala Harris's disastrous outing out there, where she didn't know East, West, North, and South was. Nonetheless, we projected weakness with China, where they lectured us. The Chinese diplomats lectured the Americans about our inability to deal with our own problems while confronting the Taiwan situation. We are not projecting strength abroad. But I'm getting way in the weeds on that. I, in the meantime, we have a Supreme Court hearing, a confirmation hearing for Katanji Brown, Jackson, and it's, it's fascinating to watch. This is going on today. It went on quite a bit yesterday. And it was very interesting to juxtapose. If you go back and look at the way Democrats have treated Republican nominees, for the most part, since the 80s, since, since the Bork days. And it created a phrase called borking someone, where they just you know derail a Republican nominee or at least destroy their personality, damage them in such a way that they will never be the same person. This, what happened with Clarence Thomas, the, the black nominee by the Republicans, was just untenable. It was unbelievable what Clarence Thomas had to endure and, and go through and experience. And if you look, so you, you have Thomas, then you look at, you know, Amy Comey Barrett at least went different. But, but then Brett Kavanaugh was an unbelievable train wreck again. And, and time after time, you see the way Democrats treat with reckless abandon Republican nominees. And yet when Democrats put up someone, it's not nearly, nearly that what's going to happen, Ketanji Brown-Jackson will be confirmed. It will be my prediction, and I don't like to make political prognostications too often. She will be confirmed. It will be bipartisan. But there will be some difficult questions between now and then, but they will not. And I, I, I did appreciate what was said yesterday at the hearing by many folks. Ted Cruz was one of those who went through kind of reminding how the Republican nominee was treated last time and saying that's not going to happen. We are going to ask you tough questions, but we're not going to attack you in this way. 
And he should have done that because it's going to be fascinating. Katanji Brown, um, it, it, that hearing is taking place today. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We do have some other issues to, to get through today also. Um, I, I do want to get to a very difficult one about this kind of stark reality of the economy that we're in right now. It's it's kind of it's not just then and the Republicans and Democrats own it alike. National debt hit thirty trillion dollars at the end of January, three years sooner than the Congressional Budget Office had projected in twenty twenty. So twenty twenty they said we wouldn't hit it for a while. We hit it already. It's the equivalent of a ninety two thousand dollar debt incurred by every single person in America. The national debt hovered in the six trillion dollar range in two thousand and $14 trillion in 2010. It's now at $30 trillion. That's, both parties own that. It's constituent buying in many respects. It's a lack of fiscal responsibility that both parties own. It, it's, it's unbelievable. We have to get to the Babylon Bee story. For those of you unfamiliar with that, Babylon Bee, one of the greatest satirical, I love satire, from Jonathan Swift's Modest Proposal. We need to take a break. We're going to kick it over to tra- uh, Pam Warner, wrapping up this break. But we're, we're going to break right now. We'll be right back. I'm Chad Abb sitting in for our wonderful Vince Coakley. We'll be back in a minute. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. back folks continuing here the Vince Coakley show Chad Adams your guest host today here at WBT and the wonderful folks at WORD we appreciate all of you being a part of this broadcast on this beautiful day and a lot going on out there I, I mentioned one that is not as popular a story you probably don't know how many of you have heard of this obviously with all that's going on with the Katanji uh, situation, Katanji Brown-Jackson, and that confirmation hearing what's going on in the Ukraine. It's a huge situation out there. And what's happening elsewhere, there's a lot of important details. But let's never lose sight of the left's attempt to censor you. The, the left doesn't like debate. It likes to censor and suppress. And we see this time and again, especially on Twitter. We see it on Facebook. We see it all the time. I, I even get tagged multiple times. It's so funny if you if you put anything out there that mentions certain key phrases, 
that you will get a disclaimer, especially on COVID-related matters. Even if you say, hey, there's been some some bad coverage of COVID, they'll put a disclaimer, as because you're, you're a conservative talk show host, that they'll put some kind of disclaimer on you, even though you're basically saying there's been a problem. Well, the Babylon Bee, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's, it is in the proud tradition of Jonathan Swift and a, a modest proposal is satire. It is complete and utter satire. It's funny, and it's funny because it hits close to home. And they post these, these stories that are not stories. They're, they're completely fabricated. That's the entire gist of it. It's making fun of us by, because you can see it being just close enough to truth that it's funny. So they posted one about uh, Rachel Levine. Now, that is the Assistant Secretary of Health, she is a he that has become a she, and that is this this gender situation that has become so big in America today, such a such an issue in America today. And so, I think it was Time Magazine or one of printed Rachel Levine as a woman of the year, one of the contenders for woman of the year. Not actually a woman, but a woman in by choice, not by gender, and. And that, you know, a lot of people picked up on that. It's kind of bizarre because that means it displaced uh, another woman on a given list. We see this. We saw this happen with the NCAA Swimming Championships. We've seen that play out as well. So just for fun, the Babylon Bee said, named, it said, jokingly referred to Rachel Levin, the transgender Secretary of Health, Assistant Secretary of Health, as Man of the Year. It's funny. People get that. It's funny. Saturday Night Live could have done it. It's funny. They wouldn't because Saturday Night Live leans left. Editor-in-Chief Kyle Mann, co-author of the Babylon Bee, Guide to Wokeness, explained Twitter, when they posted this, suspended them. It's a satire. It is a satirical site. It's not even real. They suspended the account. Now, meanwhile, Twitter has not suspended the account, and they've suspended the account of, obviously, Donald Trump. They've suspended the Babylon Bee. They have not suspended the account of Vladimir Putin. That account... Still propaganda completely across the board. If you read there, follow that account. That account's okay. Former President Trump suspended, eradicated, and Babylon B, a satire site that made fun of the the Assistant Secretary of Health. The left has no sense of humor. It finally happened. We're kind of surprised it didn't happen sooner. The Babylon B has been locked out of Twitter account. Kyle Mann, co-author, you can go out there on Twitter and look at that. The satirical article that offended the Twitter overlords, the Babylon Bee's man of the year is Rachel Levin for the simple offense of labeling a biological man a man. There was a satirical headline. They lost access to all 1.3 million followers on Twitter. A world where you can state simply a biological fact and be censored. The loss of revenue and your livelihood and excommunicated from the public square for saying something that's true. By the way, they didn't say anything. It was untrue. It's satire, but it's true. No matter how satirical tongue-in-cheek your tone is, it's a scary reality. As the famous Ron Paul saying goes, truth is treason in the empire of lies. It's, it's unbelievable. If you think about that, that you're being canceled by one of these, these social media giants that claim some degree of objectivity. They don't. How many stories, thinking to yourself, when you're thinking through all of this, how many stories do you see that recall where Barack Obama's been censored or, you know, Joe Biden's been censored or anyone on the political left really gets censored on a regular basis? 
Almost everybody I know, all of my, any of my conservative friends have faced being blocked on Facebook, have faced warnings on Facebook. I got a weird, I had a weird one happen one time where I wasn't allowed to make comments for 48 hours. But the weird part about that was I was never told why. I was not allowed to make comments for 40. I didn't really care, but it was bizarre because I didn't, they didn't say why, just all of a sudden I wasn't allowed to. And, and because so much of social media, especially Facebook, is run by algorithms, you never can speak to a human being about it. And it's something we need to be wary of because the suppression of free speech and, and Twitter has a right. It's a private company. It's, but some could argue it's also public domain. That they've provided service, they make revenue off of it, but the expression of opinions shouldn't, should it, should or should not be suppressed. And it would be another thing entirely if they were regularly suppressing people on the left, but I just don't see that very often. It's control over the, the minds that Twitter wants. They they can't just delete the offending tweet and let us back in, said the Babylon P. They want us to go into our account and click the delete button ourselves. In other words, we'll let you back on if you delete it yourself. We, we Theoretically, Twitter could delete the, the, the post they don't like and let everything else post, but they want you to do it. They want to force you. And that, that's a very subtle, very national socialist kind of 1938 German leadership way. You, you can do it. You need to suppress. You, you need to do it yourself. We want you to get accustomed to suppressing your views on society. And it should be. It's it's very Orwellian. In fact, they quote Orwell in the quote in, in, in the story. Freedom is the freedom to say that two plus two makes four. If that is granted, all else follows. You should. If we give that up, if we agree to succumb to their ideological madness simply to access a wider audience, we're giving up our minds. The last holdout against tyranny. But the left likes tyranny. The left believes in tyranny. Even if you look right now in Congress, you look at what the Democrats are trying to do. They want Joe Biden to adopt his agenda via executive order without Congress' real input. Congress has been stymied. They have some Democrats that are standing up to their wackadoo agenda, and they're trying to stop that. They're trying to stop any kind of diversity of thought. And that's the irony, isn't it? Democrats claim this kind of austerity. They claim to be open-minded. They claim to care about the truth, but then they suppress thought. They completely and utterly suppress thought. And and it's just kind of bizarre. We, there's much more we have to talk about today. There, there's a great deal. I, I definitely want to get into a little bit about what's happening down just south in Rock Hill, South Carolina, south of Charlotte, what's going on with the city of Rock Hill and the kind of pay-to-play politics that we've got going on in that area. The 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 agenda of the Ukraine the the U- Ukrainian situation probably a perspective you haven't heard that it's probably going much better for the Ukrainians than you think and I don't mean better like comfortable I mean that they're having remarkable success against the Russians and the the oligarchs and stuff like that it's so much there's so much going on we're going to try to cover it all here on Vince's show today and, and very pleased Chad Adams your guest host. We're going to be taking a break. Come back after the bottom of the hour. Your phone calls also welcome anytime you want to get in. 1-800-928-1110. 1-800-928-1110 on the Ingalls Market Talk Line. Much more to go. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome. 
Welcome back. Chad Adams, your guest host, sitting in for Mr. Vince Coakley. Glad to be able to do this here on WBT and actually WORD over in, for folks listening in Greenville. Thanks for being part. Beautiful day, spring day. Looks like it might be. Little stormy weather on the way. Nothing new for this area of the world. Get a little rocky over there. And the difference between, well, you know, where I spend a lot of time at the coast and then you folks over in the western part of the state, you find fine folks over there in, in the Greenville, Spartanburg area. You know, when we have a lot of water that comes down, the fascinating thing for us is that water just kind of rises. So a flood down east is just where water rises. Up there where you guys are, man, that water, when it comes down the hillsides, it's moving fast. So any kind of flood will take out a house if you live in those valleys. So, man, I hope it goes well over the next couple of days. Now, a couple of stories that I would like to get to. Not just the Babylon Bee thing. I will get to it. There's a great piece over at the Atlantic. Now, the Atlantic, for those of you unfamiliar with it, is a left-leaning periodical. But I will give them credit. They actually do some actual journalism. And if I use the word actually too much, it's because I'm surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm enlightened. I'm, I'm thrilled that the Atlantic, they do very comprehensive pieces. A lot of times, I think what they do is they write it with their ultra-leftist bias. And then somebody goes back and says, okay, now I want you to go back and add more to it. Add more to this story. Get deeper into the story. And, and then you can, when you do that, it forces you to deal with some facts and moves a little bit away from bias. And so the Atlantic has an excellent piece about what's going on on the ground in Ukraine that we're not getting. I'd like to get that in this show. I think we will. I hope we will. We will see. Now, another piece at the Washington Examiner today is a little disturbing, and I hope to get to this story as well. And it is about the fact that the Democrats are very stymied in Congress. They don't feel, they know they're in trouble in November. The Democrats in Congress know that they're in serious trouble. Some of the worst numbers they've seen in their lifetimes. This president is massively unpopular, out of touch with America. The situation with Hunter Biden is going to get worse, not better. He's cooperating with authorities. That looks bad. We now know that the president absolutely lied about what he knew about his son and his son's activities. And so this is not not just the Hunter Bidens, but also the policy that the that this administration has pushed, their ability to communicate, their ability to have kind of clear cut doctrine about where they stand, completely compromised, the clarity of mud. And this is a and Democrats, the progressive caucus, that agenda is not being enacted. And they know that the time is ticking. Now, where I will give Democrats a great deal of credit, they are willing to pay for policy with their political lives. Now, I'm not saying that they're willing to go into battle and things like that. What I am willing to say is they're willing to say, you know what, as long as I accomplish my global warming objectives, I'm willing to not be in office anymore. You saw this with Obamacare, where Democrats in the middle of the night voted and enacted Obamacare while taking catastrophic losses and losing control of the ability to move an agenda forward. It was worth it to them because they knew if they could get the, the camel nose under the tent or if they could just peek through the door, if they could get us a foot into the socialized medicine world, that we, the American public, would never push back enough to get it eradicated. So they've moved their agenda forward in these incremental ways. It's social incrementalism. They've done it. They do it very well. Even if you look at the way the news stories are, the way even the transgender LGBTQ movement has moved their ball forward to the point that you are somehow a Neanderthal if you question an NCAA male swimmer, genetically and actually physically male swimmer, dominating women's sports. If you question that, you're bad. Bet you didn't know 
he showers with the women. He is a pre-op transgender that showers with women and likes women. So that anyway, we're getting way off topic here, but I want, I want to get through this because when Democrats can't get their way, they will use any means necessary to enact their agenda because many of their fellow Democrats are not going far enough to the left. And so the only way they think they can survive this, at least by pushing an agenda forward, is to go down a, 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 an executive action. And I, I want to get into the story because it's, it is critical. It's not one that's getting a lot of play. We've seen Democrats do it in this state. At the state level, you'll see them do it at city council. Charlotte City Council, when they enacted their their tra- the, the gender policy where men and women could shower at the same place, depending on how they felt, their tra- and that, it was beautifully played. I think Democrats did a magnificent job of playing that card in Charlotte. And that forced, and, and I would say forced is a strong word, because Republicans fell for the trap. There were many of us in that fight in North Carolina saying, don't do this. This will play out badly for Charlotte. But instead, Republicans enacted their HB2. The inaction of that, when when Republicans say we're not for big government and they enact big government programs like HB2, they ended up paying a heavy price. The inaction of HB2 drew North Carolina, the state, into a national spotlight. It led to Governor Pat McCrory, the Republican, who probably would have coasted to a second term, even in spite of enemies he had made, former Charlotte Mayor Pat McCrory, it forced him into a box, and it became a national spotlight issue, and Republicans lost favor because they turned a Charlotte story into a statewide, which became a national and international story of rebuke. Uh, when big, when little government Republicans do big government things, they look hypocritical, and that one really crushed them. What they should have done and what they should do is, is illustrate the absurdity of what Charlotte had done and move forward from there. So – Here's where Democrats have gone in at the national level. And this is from the Washington Examiner, obviously a right-leaning. Uh, this is an opinion piece. For all their talk about protecting democracy, Democrats sure are proving quick to abandon it by sidelining Congress and pushing President Joe Biden to enact a far-left agenda unilaterally through executive action. And you haven't seen a lot of, of coverage on this. I'll guarantee you none of you have seen the coverage on this particular issue. Last week, the Congressional Progressive Caucus released Recommendations for Executive Action, a six-page document outlining policies that left-wing Democrats failed to persuade even the Democrat Congress to pass. They now want Biden to use presidential power alone to implement what has been rejected by the representatives of the wider public. The scope of the changes Democrats are pushing for is staggering. The document calls on Biden. Now, this is the left. I would say it's now more the mainstream left. 20 years ago, this would have been the extreme or the far left, but the new progressive caucus is much more mainstream as Democrats have pushed a far more radical way of seeing things. This document calls on Biden to declare a national climate emergency. Now, I want you to think about this. When you go fill up your tank and you see how much you're paying because we are not as energy independent as we were, we certainly are not, and a lot of this is owned by the political left, but the progressives want it to go further. They want a national climate emergency under presidential authority, the same authority that Trump used to declare a national emergency on the southern border to build a border wall. But instead of building a wall, the Progressive Caucus wants Biden to use the 1976 National Emergencies Act to cripple domestic energy production. They demand an all-out ban on fossil fuel production on federal land. An end to exports of domestic oil and higher taxes on oil companies. I, I, that's just part of what they want. I'm gonna I, on when we get on the other side of the break. 
you're not going to believe the rest of this, but this is where the left really wants to go. The prog, the progressive wing is just the tip of the spear. We're going to cover more of that when we get back. I'm your guest host, Chad Adams, sitting in for Vince Coakley here on WBT and WRD. Stay tuned. Chad Adams, your guest host here for Mr. Vince Coakley. He'll be back bright and early tomorrow here on WBT and WORD, the word. Ingalls Market Talk Line, 1-800-928-1110, 1-800-928-1110, if you'd like to get in on the conversation. You know what? They'll put you right through, put you ahead of the host, and we'll talk about whatever is on your brain. Um, we, we're not going to censor what you want to talk about. But this, this piece um, about what's going on, you know, with the Democrats wanting to, there's a the Progressive Caucus wants to enact a a a recommendation for executive action. It's one of the most sweeping things we've seen. Not getting a lot of coverage out there. The scope of the back to the Washington Examiner piece on it. The scope of the changes Democrats are pushing for is staggering. The document calls on Biden to declare a national climate emergency. We talked about that before the break. They also want mass amnesty for millions of illegal immigrants specifically. And this, I want you to pay attention to this list of where they want to grant emergency amnesty. I'm going to list the countries that are in the document. The document demands that Biden grant temporary protected status to illegal illegal migrants from the following countries. Cameroon. El Salvador, Ethiopia, Guatemala, Guinea, Haiti, Honduras, Hong Kong, Lebanon, Mauritania, Mexico, Nepal, Nicaragua, Sierra Leone, Somalia, South Sudan, Sudan, and Yemen. That's the list that Biden, that they're asking Biden to grant temporary protected status. It's amnesty. The Secretary of Homeland Security has the power to grant this to any country he determines is in the throes of armed conflict, environmental disaster, or extraordinary and temporary conditions. Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas recently granted Ukrainians temporary protected status. You get social security number, you get driver's licenses, you get work permits. And it's very misleading. In reality, the program is permanent for those migrants in the U.S. when TPS was granted. TPS migrants almost never lose. They never lose that status and most often become permanent residents or citizens. 70% of illegal immigrants come from Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, or Honduras. Granting TPS to illegal immigrants from these countries would be the largest amnesty in history. And finally, what does the left want? The Progressive Caucus also demands that America's wealthiest people get more than a trillion dollars more by canceling all student debt. The wealthy pay almost two-fifths of all monthly student loan payments. The poorest fifth pay just 2%. The greatest burden of this regressive largesse will fall on those least able to afford it. Cancel all student debt. It isn't a messaging exercise. Progressive Caucus Chairwoman Pramila Jayapal told reporters about the recommendations last week. These are steps that we believe the president has the authority and ability to take now and should do so. But, it's, but you know, if you think about that, let's just step away from the article for a second. This is, a, this is the kind of stuff that a dictator would do. The sweeping, it was never the design of the executive branch to be this way. But notice how quickly the progressive left just throws that aside and says, ah, this stuff not really important. You, you know, the fact that 
all the duly elected folks in Congress and the Senate can't get together on this, the president should do it. The president should do these massive sweeping things. And to me and to you, it's a Hail Mary on voter registrations long term. The Democrats are in serious, serious trouble this year. They're in serious trouble. The more citizens they can create via any means necessary is the path forward. In New York State, you're seeing that as well. They, they let illegals vote in the city election. There's, there's a push in the courts to prevent them from voting in the, in the national elections because Democrats right now are in, in, in tremendous free fall on issue after issue after issue. They have no excuse for the lack of leadership they've been able, or, or I guess you could say successful leadership, in a direction that American citizens don't want. This president, hugely unpopular, probably the most unpopular president in our lifetime, even with Carter included. A hugely unpopular president. The agenda is not in line with what Americans want. And the continued spin is, is a failure to address what's right. I mean, I, if you watch Jen Psaki and the rest of them, Here's what I believe they believe, if this makes sense. It is that if they they believe that what they've done is working, I, I, I'm not convinced they believe it, but let's just go with this for a second. The political lefties that are running the Biden administration and are using him like a sock puppet because he's not capable of these profound, deep policy discussions. And he goes off script many times. You've seen, we've seen that. There's collections of them. And Kamala Harris is certainly not ready for prime time. Her trip to Europe was a disaster that did nothing to help matters. It's so bad that now Biden has to go in behind her because it was absolutely an epic fail, a train wreck, and it destroyed American credibility in country after country in Europe. So when, when the president's standing up there talking, these are the words of some group of people in this administration. And I believe that they believe that if they just keep saying the same things over and over again, all things are fine. But they are not fine. This is, this is they've fallen, they've, you know, they've, they've, they've stumbled, the, the southern border is a nightmare, the economy is in free fall, the situation in Europe, Americans have lost credibility, things are not fine. I had a roommate one time that fell, and he, we were in a soccer match. And he got a dislocated uh, shoulder, collarbone, something over there. Anyway, and I can remember when the ambulance came, and they scooped him up, and they put him in the back of the ambulance. And he was in tremendous pain. And the, the folks in the ambulance were saying, everything is fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. And he grabbed with his good arm, he grabbed the ambulance technician and pulled him close, the nurse, and said, everything is definitely not fine. If you were where I am, maybe. But no, it's not fine. And that's what's going on here. Things are not fine. There's nothing fine about the economy. There's nothing fine about our foreign policy. There's nothing fine about our southern border. There's nothing fine about the supply chain. There's nothing fine about the way they handle the pandemic. It's an absolute train wreck. It is a train wreck. And I don't say that because I'm an optimistic guy. I don't say that because I want it to be that way. I want, I would so want to be wrong about the way Biden's approaching things. I wish that things were better, but they don't. This experiment has not worked. It has failed. Democrats have lost favor. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 